Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to season two, episode nine of the Not God Pod, a podcast hosted by the Not God Complex. Uh, my name is Zoe. I'm one of the co-directors of the Not God Complex. Billy, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Billy and I am the other co-director of the Not God Complex. Welcome. If you have not listened yet, you should go back and listen to all of the episodes. And we have a guest today. Who are you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether it was, I should start speaking. Um, I'm Ailey. Um, I am producing things for the Not God Complex. Yes, Ailey has been. Ailey has been a wonderful, wonderful addition to this little thing we do. If you've listened to previous episodes, you will know that for ages that we were being like, "If anybody knows a producer, <laughs> please." <laughs> yes, yes, and we found one. Yes, we mm-hmm. found one. Ailey, I like what... I found you guys. <laughs> Ailey, what does a producer actually do? <laughs> Oh no, you started with a really <laughs> hard question. Um, I feel like, okay, so I feel like it really varies um, from, first of all, it really varies between obviously like theatre and film, um, but then even within that, it varies between arts organisation, between projects. Um, so like your remit as a producer really changes from thing to thing but what I always used to say when people would ask me when I was doing like amateur stuff um was it's money and marketing um it's obviously a lot more than that but that in my head is like how I when I've at least first started to do this started to think about it um so you have to be in charge of the budget and like make sure that everyone gets paid um there's a lot of legal stuff attached to that you're legally responsible for the show um or the piece that you're making um what else oh yeah and marketing which yeah just I guess getting people to the show um or the performance um and you have to be there the whole time which is what I like about it from the time the sort of concept is born to the final production um and you get to sort of watch it grow and be there sort of bird's eye viewing everything which is is super nice cool so basically everything and anything depending on the situation yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and how did you get into producing um well I used to want to do acting and I did a lot of acting as a child and a teen and a grown-up uh, <laughs> and then I was doing this at uni and kind of really enjoying it but there's always seemed to be a lack of producers you know what what, where I was doing like amateur student stuff um you can't really remember how it happened but I just kind of started doing it for one project and then quite enjoyed it and then did it for the next project um um you know by the end of uni I'd like produced quite a few different university like level productions um and a couple of fringe things and then when I left uni it was actually the pandemic but when I left uni I was like hmm should I do now um and started doing a bit of like audio stuff because everyone was inside and not going to theatres um in a kind of like administrative producery capacity uh and then (laughs) yeah then I pretty much found you guys um (laughs) and I've been trying to be a freelancer since then nice and how does um 
how does being a freelance producer work? <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's very much like being a freelance anything in the sometimes you go after stuff, sometimes stuff kind of comes to you. Yeah. Um, but what is your experience of that been like? Um, yeah, I feel like it, like you say, it is a lot like a lot of freelance arts jobs. And in fact, I was listening this morning to an episode that you did with about freelancing. So <laughs> if you're curious like... about freelancing, definitely go back and listen to that one. Is that the one um, with Audrey? Yeah, yeah. Audrey Cook, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was very much more coherent than I think I could ever be about it. Uh, because basically, because I'm really just starting out, like I've um, not had many contracts as a freelancer. But what I, yeah, what I found so far, oh, the other thing is, so I'm in Scotland. So I'm looking for stuff in the kind of like Scottish theatre scene, which I get the idea that it's quite different from like in London, there's, it's just like a different playing field basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of like been applying for stuff and reaching out to people. And that's what I've done so far, but I really haven't done much. I feel like I'm talking like I've done tons. Um, this is like the end of year one of doing like part-time bits and bobs. <laughs> nice. I think we're having internet issues with Billy. Oh no. <laughs> Are you back? I'm in and out. Okay. I don't can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. We're just chatting about basically freelancing and um how the Scottish theatre scene is different to the London theatre scene? Well, I missed the conversation just now, but have listened to similar conversations before. Uh, <laughs> Say something intelligent about producing. And <laughs> I can't comment on the Scottish theatre scene because... Say something intelligent about producing. Um, honestly? I don't have anything intelligent about producing. I find it fascinating and confusing and almost unbelievable that you want to do it. (laughs) But I am very grateful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And if it's not been made clear to the listeners, I'm having some, some, some real Wi-Fi issues. So I'm I'm trying to be part of this conversation, but it's not going very well. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just you're me, doing a good job. me interviewing Ailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, yes. back to the conversation. Ailey. <laughs> um what is the best bit of producing and what is the hardest bit of producing? <laughs> um the best and the hardest bit. Okay, so the best bit is, like I said, you get to be with it the whole time. Um, if you're, if you like to like have your fingers in all the pies, you get to do that. You get to kind of be involved in or know about what's happening in every stage of the process. So if you're a bit kind of like interested in everything, it's really nice. Um, that's sometimes also the worst part because you never get to fully. I feel like so I'm I'm one of I'm quite a creative person um and I sometimes feel like because you have to do all the serious stuff you miss out on some of the creative stuff but that's not necessarily true because like I said it um varies from project to project and like sometimes you're a creative producer and you have um 
like input on the script or the casting or the uh, just concepts, designs, etc. Um, and that can be really important because if you're um, responsible for a financial investment of like funding, then you need to like believe in it and like be invested in it. So if you're a creative producer, it's like you um, you, you just have a little bit more of like creative sway which is fun but yeah that can sometimes be hard when you're like watching all the creative stuff happen you're like oh but I need to do the budget <laughs> no. not that I don't I love the budget me and the budget have a great time but um yeah sometimes I want to ask you guys what you think about what you think about producing <laughs> like I, what what do you what do you what do you think it is I mean I think I've said my bit I think for <laughs> <laughs> Billy has no idea. <laughs> um, I think for us, it's been really interesting. We were, we were self-producing stuff for a while and like nothing to the like scale of the show that we've just done, which was like a four a night fringe run. But the, we'd done a lot of like work in progress stuff. We'd done virtual stuff. We'd done um like online festivals of work and stuff during the pandemic and all of that we were doing like all the bits of yeah um, and I think it's just like the kind of extra capacity and reach that you can have when you have a producer rather than mm. like you're trying to do everything yourself yeah. has been really clear to us because stuff like we would never have got yeah. around to like inviting press yeah, like maybe we would have sent like one email to press, but we wouldn't have pushed it because just like time and capacity or mm. kind of doing outreach to people who might not come across the show as easily, like all yeah. those sorts of things. It just opens up yeah. the capacity for. Um, and also in terms of, yeah, like doing stuff like funding applications, all that kind of a thing, just having different skills on the, team to kind of make that like strategy and make a creative project like as good as it mm. can be yes yeah that's really interesting because I guess I'm always curious about like what because as I said like producing can look like anything it can look like whatever a company needs in terms of like they're making something and but like naturally they're, they're going to lack the time to make to you know help it reach people or to get the press in or to do the marketing or you know, and sometimes they, they're really proactive, but you guys have actually done a lot of marketing, I feel, for this project, because you're like, that's been, I guess maybe because that's been something you've been doing in the past. Um, but yeah, I'm curious, like, what were the kind of, you've kind of already answered this, but like, I was going to ask what what kind of, uh, uh, like, blind spots were for you when you were self-producing, what the parts where you were, like, feeling the strain? Um, yeah, I think definitely, like, applications and stuff especially something like um like we're we're pretty on it with like say it's like seed commissions R&D stuff like that kind of a thing where the application is generally not too like strenuous we're pretty good at seeing mm. stuff taking the time to apply for it um and also like getting stuff programmed is fine for <laughs> us like we're like we have this piece we think it goes here let's try and we're kind of mm, getting yeah. a good grasp of I guess specifically in London what sort of festivals are good for what yeah. sort of work but yeah it's stuff like um we'll have the concept and the rough overview of like we wanted to do this and this and we want it somewhere like this but it's things like mm. um putting a budget 
together putting a timeline together all the kind of like details of that that just yeah take a lot of time to work out partly and that we're so like it does this and this and this and it's about this that it's kind of hard to like Uh down to those details yeah and I guess the more people you bring into a team the more those details become important because like inevitably when you're organizing a group like miscommunications happen like you need everyone to be on the same like wavelength um but you can tell like joining you two you can really (laughs) tell that you've operated as a team for a long time and like that you have this kind of like synergy between you and like you can tell you've been self-producing because yeah like even as we work together now like you're always on it like with all the opportunities and the um like prospective funding bodies and festivals and you, you seem to be very like on the pulse um and maybe that's as you say like you you know the scene a little bit but also like it feels like your skills really complement each other that's been a real joy to join in oh my god <laughs> sometimes no. I feel like you, I don't you have to do, do anything so much. I hope you can hear me you do so much though yeah. and you are such a massive help um and it is exactly yeah. what Zoe was just saying it's you know yes we have been <laughs> trying to self-produce in the past um but uh we just never have the patience I think or the time or the devotion to making sure that all the little bits are in there and everything is covered and everything is thought of yeah and I think also it's like having somebody who is like both in and out of the creative process or like in the creative Mm -hmm. process in a different way because sometimes I think especially because Billy and I have worked together so much for so long sometimes we'll absolutely be like we are talking sense and somebody who's not like (laughs) in that is like no you are not okay but what are you saying here yeah like what Mm. is this and kind of making like having like a bridge to make stuff clear to like the kind of external uh yeah bodies and systems that you need to liaise with to yeah get the thing on (laughs) that's a really good like maybe like interpretation as well of like you are involved in the you you kind of have to have a connection with and a deep understanding of the motivations of a piece and like why it's there and what it's trying to do but you also have to have a really clear idea of your audience and like where your participants or you know your community that you're engaging with whatever your project style is or genre um because you need to like be able to tell them when they ask like why they would be interested in this and what it can offer them and almost like parse whatever is going on internally in the group to like why you want to come see it because ultimately as well like often not always but oftentimes you're like asking people to spend their money and that's that's actually something I find really hard about producing is because like I do yeah stuff is expensive and like I find it sometimes cringy to have to be like you want to come and see us Um, (laughs) so you have to really believe in it and I think it's Mm. if you're starting out as a producer it's a really good practice to sit down with yourself at each stage or sit down with your team at each stage of the process and like almost like come up with your elevator pitch that you genuinely believe in that feels truthful because you can't like sell something you aren't really behind um and think about yeah who you're reaching and like imagine you're you're trying to explain to them and then if something about your project is like not working or when you're trying to explain to someone what it is because coming out wrong then maybe you need to feed back into the project and say look like I don't think we're speaking to this part of the community in the right way because they're not going to understand this language I feel like I'm now talking in very like conceptual terms but I hope you get what I'm saying yeah yeah yeah, absolutely like um I'm trying to think how to phrase this without (laughs) announcing information that we're not allowed to announce yet but basically the project that we have 
coming up, we have a project coming up which has quite an mm-hmm. academic uh, premise in terms of like it is uh, research, but there will also be a performance. And the way that we're pitching that to um, like people who are programming it or people who might fund it and kind of emphasizing the like research and political and all those sorts of elements to it will be very different to how the performance is marketed because it's about like reaching people in ways that are accessible to them yeah totally and all of that yeah and to make it an experience that like makes sense for them like you can have all the like strong research in the world and all the like interesting concepts in the world but like yeah if it's on the stage and the people watching it or the people like playing with it can't understand what's going on or like you know it's a shame for that there's often so much import that doesn't reach an audience and that that's just like a shame and often like small things can be done because also as well when it works well it works really well like you can tell that there's depth and there's research behind a project often um but yeah I guess it just takes that kind of like yeah I guess that's one good thing about marketing is it forces you to like ask questions about your um like small secret I actually really hate marketing because like I said I find it really cringe to ask people to spend money (laughs) um but if it's free it's different I love to just be like come with this free thing um but yeah no I think it's a good practice to check in with yourself and be like what is it we're bringing and who are we bringing it to and how am I saying that and if it doesn't make sense I need to go back and, and talk to people again yeah, and it's like, what does this have for this group of people? What does this have for this group of people? Yeah. Um, and kind of like understanding that a piece can have like different um, different benefits for different groups. Yeah, and being intentional about that. Like I went to this um, recruitment workshop the other day, which was really, really good. It was by uh, Creative Culture Skills or Culture Creative Skills, this like great organization. And I went to this recruitment workshop and it was talking about like in reality how to be inclusive in when you're hiring people. Um, and they were talking about really like paying attention to who you're actually trying to reach in your workforce. And I think it's the same for audience. Like who do you actually want to reach? And like getting to know that group of people. Um, but this all needs to happen like kind of like way before it's you're in rehearsals, like when you're still in concept phase. Um, so it's quite interesting. Yeah, I guess that's another question, even though we're not, um, so basically for context, Ailey is like now on her second project with us. Um, and in the first one, you kind of came in like once we'd already like programmed it, done a lot more of the like concepts and marketing stuff. Um, whereas the second project, you've kind of been with it a little bit more for us refining it and pitching it at places and kind of getting the initial details confirmed and I guess what is the difference at like um coming in at those different points in a process yeah that's a really good point I didn't even think about that because the project you we just did um what makes the body terrifying I did join when you like even you had the poster and things yeah um and you had your fringe slot and everything so I joined at quite a, like a a fun point of just like um yeah, when it was in full swing. Uh, I'm really excited about this next one, which I won't say anything about, but... Um, Announcement soon. <laughs> <laughs> watch this space. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, it's satisfying because, like, 
you're like gathering all your tools and you're kind of like doing the project schedule from scratch and like thinking about all the through lines of each of the processes and the relationships you're going to start with the venues and the people you're working with from like point what's it called like the first point a point, point one? zero no. point zero <laughs> that's a phrase it's, from, from the start guys <laughs> from the start um so that's quite exciting just I don't know exhilarating to be around that but also yeah I think like what we were saying before of like in the concept phase there's a lot of like future looking to be done in terms of like finding it hard not to like give away details but like when we're thinking about who we want to collaborate with and like get advice from yeah that kind of conversation that needs to be happening really early on like we're setting up those relationships now which is really exciting because then it's like we know that's going to feed through to what ends up on the stage yeah that makes sense yeah and I feel like it's really nice as well in this process we're like actively being like oh we found this last time so let's make sure we did this this time or let's make sure we do yeah. that in mind or that worked really well let's do it like this again yeah and I'm like also oh, there's not learning. been a break <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> learning. there's not been a break as well so that's really no. interesting we're like still it's doing like one project overlap <laughs> but it's nice though because yeah we're still learning from the previous one yeah lots of learning to be done yeah which I'm, I'm curious I'm sad about Billy being yeah. in <laughs> Island land you're here I'm here I I've been like vaguely I, I've been listening to what's what's been offered I'm excited to um edit this so I can actually hear the <laughs> whole conversation you can just like add in your thoughts like through like voice yeah. <laughs> it'll be as if we're just ignoring everything you say yeah <laughs> yeah I did want to add though um and I didn't want to like interrupt again so going back to Ailey you constantly talking about like you you feel cringe asking people for money or asking people for things I find that kind of hilarious because even though you say that you are the best person I've ever met at doing this like <laughs> And I think that's probably one of the most useful things that has come from working with you as a producer is the fact that if we need something, you just like find the right people to ask. And you and just ask, ask them. Yeah. In a way that like makes them never refuse. And I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm so incredible. <laughs> I think about the email for like five hours um no I genuinely think if I'm so that's really sweet of you to say and like I feel very happy to hear that um but if that if that is the case then like I think on this project a big part of that has been that we had funding like mm. to be able I was talking about this with someone yesterday like to be able to um because I've done a lot of amateur stuff and you don't you can't pay people because you don't have any money and then you have to literally go with your like cap in your hand and be like look I'm, I'm sorry to have to ask a favor but like would you be interested and often people are so keen and they just want to do it and play and are really generous with their time which is lovely but it doesn't feel fair it doesn't feel like truthful um to how much you value so to be able to offer people a fee for their time makes such a difference <laughs> like it just makes it so much more um feels so much more dignified and like respectful I guess yeah. so the funding has been huge yeah definitely yeah and also just in like being able to like I don't know I guess like maximize the like 
quality of the production because we can just go like oh actually we could do this if we had to but do we really know how to do it mm. <laughs> no you know yeah true we can like, find someone who we can find someone better <laughs> yeah or who who does it as a craft and like it's their yeah. thing which really yeah just like maximizes the like creative potential rather than being in this thing of like mm, we have a vision but we don't have the skills to like execute it <laughs> yeah well that's what I love about um creative processes is the it's so vulnerable to collaborate but it's so important because mm. you're all like different arms and legs of the same body um and you have to trust that you all know what you're doing oh has Billy dropped out yeah Billy's gone <laughs> bye Billy oh she kind of like went on silent and then went on mute oh, she's, went back. On... she's back <laughs> only vaguely <laughs> um yeah I think also like when marketing stuff and asking people to come and see stuff it's also like yeah like when kind of we're thinking about producing stuff and programming stuff kind of like the more we learn and get a grasp on that and kind of um especially figuring out like our timetable like our time scales and stuff um we kind of like have more choice like, which I guess is similar to the thing of having more choice like who we collaborate with to kind of program stuff in venues that have say like um pay what you can things or the thing we have coming up is like there's like a minimum ticket price but then it's like a pay more if you can mm. situation and you kind of the more you like learn about putting stuff up and consider how the stuff that we put on as a company is like produced in accordance with like ethics and values while also balancing the kind of just like limitations we're working within whatever they may be time-wise funding-wise etc at the time you kind of have mm. more yeah choice and scope in that to kind of address that and yeah make things accessible to more people yeah no that's such a good point about like the ethics of a production and like working with working within the confines of like whatever your setup is like the venue or the funding that you do or don't have um and that's something I'm really interested in like I think I also another reason I like producing is because you can focus on like like how you want things done not necessarily like what you want done but like how you want it to happen and like I feel like one huge thing is like yeah it like the cost of a ticket can be so can make a piece so exclusive and like often the people who really need to see something can't afford to see it and like that drives me crazy like and so to be able to have like pay what you can if, if you have funding you can often say that or like depending on the venue you're working with um so to be able to like go around like sort of navigate these like difficult topics is, is really interesting but it's it's tricky as well like you don't always have a choice yeah yeah like so yeah for example the last thing we did had was we were in a theater that um has like absolutely great like ethos and working practice stuff as a theater but had no step free access just because of their building and the festival that we were in had like set ticket pricing and because of that and having moments of like oh actually like we're trying to prioritize access but then we're in an inaccessible building or whatever mm. meant that this time when we were programming it we've like consciously put it in a festival that has more flexible ticket pricing and yeah that and like prioritized accessible venues in our venue selection yeah totally and that's actually something I've been learning to do recently like when you 
start working with a venue or a person having conversations early on or like doing investigations depending early on of like how accessible are they as a venue um what are their what's their code of conduct in terms of sustainability like, do they have a written anti-racist policy do that you know just getting to know like I guess like the terms in which you will be working because it will become important inevitably um but yeah having that conversation early on yeah and yeah obviously you kind of like I guess as an artist make choices in that sometimes it's like great this organization really aligns with us and it's a really good place and sometimes you're like um going into organizations that are less aligned hoping to make some small shifts yeah uh, on like, some bridges and yeah but yeah it's really yeah I guess just like I think my overall point here is that, like having a like designated producer lets you kind of both have more capacity to consider these things and also to like embed them into both the practicalities and the actual work like the actual mm. creative piece because you have somebody who like has those practical logistical skills and is that kind of like bridge between those two areas yeah that's such an interesting point and like weird that you're saying that because I was literally talking to someone about this yesterday of like the kind of praxis and the content and like how they speak to each other and sometimes your content your creative content will be about one thing but then your your principles as a company still need to be like talking to that if that makes sense um yeah it's super there's lots of like kind of invisible discussions going on um uh you know in the kind of making of a production and then when you see it at the end it's like lots of conversations have been had that the audience never see and similarly like if it's done well like you feel comfortably held as an audience or maybe like you feel challenged and not but it's kind of about the way you're being held um and I think all the kind of preamble (laughs) that you do before as in the concept phase like really delivers um in the experience there at the end so it made no sense it absolutely does make sense we have been talking for half an hour so we're going to start to like wrap wrap it up um thank you very much for sharing your your thoughts on producing do you before we go have anything else you want to add or any like things you're working on or like um social medias or anything you want to plug to the lovely podcast listeners (laughs) oh um oh my gosh I should have been ready with this one people always (laughs) say this at the end of podcasts um I guess I just want to say thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and uh it's been lovely working with you so far I look forward to our next project anyone who's listening you should check out the not gold complex and like all this great stuff they do and the stuff they have coming up if you're listening before the 3rd of October we have a really fun free (laughs) queer uh queering the theatrical practice workshop you can join from London in person or you can join from anywhere online so check out their uh social media and you'll find it there um for myself if you ever want anything produced, get in touch with me. You can maybe be tagged in this post or something or find me on the Not Gold Complex website. We, we can put uh, your prof- like professional email in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, I'm always looking for new stuff. So if you've listened this far and <laughs> you, you want to get in touch with me, please do. But yeah, that's it really. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank um, you, really. 
yeah and thank you everybody for listening um you can find us on instagram at the not god complex on twitter at not god complex um or on our newly redone website the not god complex.com yes um, and very we, exciting yes and we will speak to you next month goodbye bye bye